Bibles open, Matthew chapter 6, all right, numero 6. Uh, we won't be there for a little while, but that's where I want you to be so you can see it. I'm going to ask you guys to turn your Bibles three different times tonight. There'll be a bunch of verses on the screens, but I want you to be able to open your Bibles and underline there's three big verses I want you to see in your Bible so that you can, uh, whatever, see it, read it, feel it, underline it, starlight, highlight it, bracket, whatever you do, okay? But when we talk about walking with the Lord, how's your walk? We're talking about how's your relationship with God? How's your spirit doing? How's your faith being lived out? How are you doing with God? Uh, is your life just existing uh, in the church when it comes to your faith, or are you taking it outside? Um, super cool. Way proud of you guys for getting involved to see you at the poll. I heard really good things. Um, so tonight we're going to talk about what it means to walk in wisdom, all right? The last two nights we talked about walking in fear. Tonight we're going to talk about what it means to walk in wisdom, okay? How to not be a spiritual dummy is another way of putting it, all right? But we've got to pray, okay? Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for this night to get together and to worship your name. Lord, thank you for the little glimpses of what eternity might be like. It's amazing. I cannot even begin to imagine but Lord, while we are here, may we have a faith that is a transforming faith. Lord, a faith that refines us and it causes us to pursue you greater. Lord, a faith that would be a light to the people around us, that they would be drawn into the love of Christ. And as we learn to walk, take away the wobbles tonight, take off the training wheels, that we would know you more. In Jesus' name we pray. We all said... Amen. All right. Well, uh, if you can put it in these two categories, if learning to walk in fear, remember it wasn't a phobia. It's the fear of God is a good, healthy thing. It's a form of respect. It's an understanding that your heart's greatest desire is to be obedient to him. It's not a fear like a phobia. You think he's going to beat you down, and so you may as well do what he says so you don't get hurt. That's not what fearing the Lord means. Fearing the Lord means following him because there's nowhere else you'd want to be. Um, but if that is, you know when a little kid learns to stand up? Have you ever seen that? And they stand up normally along a couch or a wall, and they're holding it, and then they start holding off, and they're like, and their knees are knocking, their fat's jiggling, like, and, and then all of a sudden, they plop down on their butt. Um, but what, what do you know is going to happen soon once they start standing on their own? They fall, but in a couple of days or weeks, they're going to take their first step, right? And maybe two or three. I remember my son's, uh, my oldest son's first steps was literally for a piece of pizza. He was like 10 and a half, 11 months or something like that. And I was sitting there holding pizza, and he's just, just out of nowhere for the first time. And it's like, do, 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 do. Like, what? It's like four, four and a half steps. That half step kills you. I'm telling you, man. But tonight, if learning to fear the Lord, if learning to put God first, Jesus Christ is first and everything else is last. If that is our strength to stand, then tonight, learning to walk in wisdom is how we take that first step. It might be kind of wiggly, but it is taking that first step. And so if learning to fear God is how we stand and we get our strength, then tonight, learning to walk in wisdom is how to take that first step into the next season or phase of your faith, whatever you want to talk about. Colossians chapter 4, verse 5, it commands, it says, walk in wisdom, Walk in wisdom towards those who are outside, meaning know that non-believers, they're watching. No, they don't notice. They notice. Oh, they don't care. They care a lot. They want to know, is this for real or is this fake? Is there really hope in Jesus or is it just another form of belief? Walk in wisdom towards those who are outside, redeeming the time. Have you guys ever slept in till like noon or one o'clock? Okay, does it drive any of you insane when you sleep in too long? It's funny, I like sleeping, but if I sleep too long, I get angry. Why? I hate waking up and it's like almost lunchtime, because the only thing I know is I wasted half, I spent half my day unconscious. I didn't get to do anything, play anything, go anywhere, it, nothing. I was completely gone. And so it makes the rest of the day that much more important. How do you guys procrastinate sometimes, right? You got that school project, all of a sudden it's two in the morning, and you're like, duh, duh, duh. And then the printer, all, it's like the printer doesn't work from 2 to 4 a.m. Like, what is that? Come on. Here's the deal. What happened? You did not redeem the time. It's not that your teacher was mean and gave you a last-minute project. It's that you waited three weeks 
to try and do in one night what you had three weeks to do. You did not redeem the time. And in the same way that sometimes we sleep in too late and only to wake up and realize, dang it, I wasted half my day, or we procrastinate and wait too long and have to hurry up through it, Bible tells us God is coming back and he's coming back soon. And so be wise about it. Know that people who are outside the faith of Christianity in the Bible need to see authenticity, meaning real, genuine belief in God, and that we're to redeem the time. Maybe we've slept in or messed around too long. It says, don't worry about it, just start redeeming, using, going for it. Start walking in wisdom. But where does wisdom start? Where do we start with this whole walking in wisdom kind of a thing, right? Anybody know? The the Bible answers it. Where does wisdom start? Faith. Definitely you you cannot please God or follow God without faith. That's part of it. The fear of the Lord. I wonder why we talked about that part first. I don't know. Where does it start? Throw the next verse up. It tells us clearly, Psalms 111, verse 10, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So if you don't do what we talked about the last two weeks, where God is first and everything else is last, then you're like a little kid sitting in a stinky diaper who's never going to get the strength to stand, and therefore you'll never walk. You'll be a 30-year-old baby Christian sitting there sucking your thumb, wondering why you don't know the Lord any better. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Not a phobia, remember, it's to fear God, that he's first and everything else is last. When we fear God, everything we talked about, this is what it means. How do you know if you fear God? You do what God says because God said it. That's it. That's it. Now, what's amazing, science and history uh, and archaeology, where they dig in the ground and find all these old relics, it's incredible. It proves the Bible over and over and over again. And it talks about why worry is bad, because literally worry and stress causes heart attacks in people, and you age faster, and you get gray hair. But the Bible told us before science ever figured that out, don't worry about for tomorrow. It's not going to add anything to your life. And in fact, it's a weight that is ensnaring people and dragging them down. It says, don't be anxious for anything, but give it to God. And so, you know, 2000 comes around and we're like, hey, guess what? Worry's bad. It's like, duh. God said it was bad like 2000 years ago. All of these things in the Bible, we can find reasons, but when you fear God, you won't need them. Reasons are fun. They're exciting. They increase our faith. But when it comes to fearing God, you do it because God says it, and that's why. Why do you do that, God said? Why don't you punch that guy out? God said not to. But you could. You should. You have worldly right. Yes, I do. Why don't you? Because God said no. It's that easy. Because God said so. Job 28, 28. Behold, the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom. And to depart from evil is understanding. There's little baby steps. Parents get so excited. I don't know if you've ever seen videos, or maybe you're the older brother or sister, and you saw your parents like get all excited for your younger siblings. But that for, parents are like, come on, come on, yeah, oh! And they get so amped up on this stuff because their kid took a step, and everyone else is like, whatever. I ran a mile today. Can he do that? Nope, didn't think so. Watch this. Can you do this? <laughs> like, what now? But the parent is like, yeah, oh my gosh, so awesome. Guys, I'm telling you, now that I get to be a slightly older Christian and look at newer believers, it is so awesome to see people take their first step in wisdom and in the fear of the Lord. It is amazing. And so how do you know you're growing as a new believer? This is it. The fear of the Lord, that is wisdom. To see someone that makes a decision because that's what the Bible says. When you're an older believer, it's like, oh, dude, they're doing it. That's awesome. And to depart from evil is understanding. When they turn themselves away from their sin because God said to, not because someone drug them aside and be like, that music's bad for you. Okay? That's not it. And sometimes God works that way. That's fine. But when you see people beginning to remove what is evil in their life on their own, because God said to, that's like, oh, they're getting it. They took their steps. This is sweet. It's amazing. It's the starting line, though. The fear of the Lord and wisdom go hand in hand. Proverbs 15, 33. says, the fear of the Lord is the instruction of wisdom. And before honor, there is humility. You've got to be humble before God will ever exalt you into a position of honor. 
but instructions. Guys, we don't believe in instructions, right, men? The older you get, the less important they are. But there's times when you'll have to, when no one's looking, take a little peek at the thing and move on with it. Like Ikea furniture, good luck. Or Legos. You guys ever try and put Legos together without the instructions? It's, you, can get, you can get into it, but pretty soon you're like, that is not what the box looks like. But girls, I don't know, you don't really need instructions too often, right? You just give it to someone and they do it for you. Right? Dad! <laughs> He's like, and breaks it in half to go buy you a new one. Whatever. Instructions, though. The word of God instructs us. It's a light into our feet and a lamp into our path. And that if we're to walk in wisdom and in fear, all of this stuff, it will guide us so that you take those first steps. And you don't have to know what the next one's going to be like. You don't have to know what's around the next corner or down the hall. You just know I'm following Jesus. It's amazing. So tonight we're going to look at four things, all right? When it talks about walking in wisdom, there's four big areas of life. And you can probably add to or take away, but I think you can put them in one of these four categories. The first one is being wise with our resources, okay? What are some of your resources? You're like, I don't have a job yet. You have resources. Electricity, all right? You guys use electricity at your house. Your Bible, you own one. Water, be water wise, right? That's a big old slogan nowadays. Food, all right? You got food. What other resources? What, are, what stuff do you guys have? Paper, all right. Clothes. A roof to live under, a house, yep. Air, right? You should share as often as possible. What else? You have books. Yeah, I know you guys got so much more cool stuff than air, books, and electricity. Pets. Money. How many of you guys get some form of money every now and then? Oh, okay, almost all of you. Got some money. What else do you have? Video games. Clothes and flip-flops. I don't know. Your hand's up. <laughs> a phone. Yeah, a phone. What about knowledge? You have a little bit of that going on. Something's in there. I know it. Okay. School, right? You got school. Toothpaste. Oh, that's true. You could share. You should with your brother and sister, maybe. A mirror, all right? Look, there's, I mean, this can go on and on. We have video games. We have uh, sports stuff. We have phones. We have shoes and clothes and a roof over our head. We have a mom and a dad, right? Like, uh, they are resources. You go to them a lot for stuff. That You are resourcing them all the time. So the first thing we should be wise with is our stuff, okay? Just our stuff, our phones. Uh, our shoes, the things that we have on a daily basis. Proverbs 3.28, this is huge. Do not say to your neighbor, go and come back and tomorrow I will give it to you when you have it with you now. But we do it all the time, right? Just to get out of sharing, we'll share tomorrow, but not today. <laughs> what is that? Hey, can I borrow something from you? Hey, can I have that? Hey, let me, uh, uh, tomorrow. Could you help them out right now? Absolutely. But tomorrow would be easier. Why? The Bible says don't do that. If someone's like, hey, um, can I have a dollar? Hey, can I borrow your phone? Oh, tomorrow. Like, what does that mean? Hey, can I, can I get a ride home? Oh, not today, but maybe next week, man. Maybe it's not tomorrow. Maybe we push things off next week, next week, next week, next week, next week. The Bible tells us, look, with our things that we have, if someone comes to you and says, hey, can I borrow that, or I need help with something, and you have the ability to help them, don't say, oh, you know what, uh, tomorrow, come on back, or next week, come on back, or maybe later. It says, pull it out of your pocket, or go into your room and get it, and help people now, all right? Now, if it's certain things that are of monetary value, like your phone, someone's like, hey, can I borrow your phone for the day? Probably should run that by mom and dad first, because really, it's their phone. I'm pretty sure none of you guys bought your own, but you get the point. Don't say to your neighbor, go and then come back, and tomorrow I'll help you out. Help them out now. Our stuff, our money, right? Woo! We all got probably at least like a dollar and a half in our pocket. We are filthy rich. Um, that's, some of you guys got a lot more than that. There's always a few, right? You're like, yeah. You're like, I had a lot, but now I have a shirt full of candy. Anybody need some? Like, you know, Friday, we'll spend 20 bucks in candy every Wednesday night, but whatever. Matthew chapter 6. You guys are there, I hope. Matthew 6, uh, starting at verse 19. Do not lay up for yourselves 
treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasure in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For wherever your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Wherever your treasure is, that is where your heart will be. You guys ever buy something expensive? Like save up your own money to buy something expensive? Not ask dad for a hundred bucks to go spend it on something expensive? Okay. Don't you love that thing? I love that thing. I remember the first thing I ever saved up for that was big was my first like CD player. It was a radio and it played CDs and it was like awesome. Um, and it was, I think it was like, it was $87, but then I went to buy it and they had like the upgraded boom or whatever. It had like a boom button. I don't, it's stupid. It made the bass go louder for an extra like 20 bucks. So I went home and waited two more weeks and saved up money and came back and bought it. And then I remember about two months after I had it, my mom and my sister borrowed it in the bathroom. They were getting ready and they spilt their dang makeup on it. It, it works fine, it, or it did. It was fine. But it was like, ah, 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 right? And as growing up without a dad, I was like, like, you messed up makeup on the radio? What's up with that? Like, but here's the deal. Why? Because everything I had went into that. And the older you get, it becomes bigger or better things, right? You, get, you see people with brand new cars. Everything they had went into that. And they're out there washing it. And they park a mile away so no one parks next to them and gets a dent. And, and they take care of it. And no one else can drive it or borrow it. Why? Because everything they had went into that. Wherever your treasure is, that's where your heart will be also. It says, lay up for yourselves treasure in heaven. Whether that's through tithing at church, you, you want to be part of what missionaries are doing, you want to be part of feeding people, I'm telling you all the time people come in here for help, all the time. They're going to get kicked out of the houses or they don't have food. I, last week I met with a lady who came in, I was like, hey, how are you doing? And you tell she was having a very bad day. She was having a rough life. You know, more, normally people are like, oh, hey, yeah, can you help me out? Uh, with some food, or can you help me out? Uh, my electricity is going to get shut off soon. And she's like, you know, um, do you have any shoes? Like, what? I looked at her feet, and she had these old slippers on, like bedtime slippers. That's all she had. And I was like, I'm pretty sure we can figure something out. Where does that stuff come from, though? It comes from the body. They take something that they have, and they invest it into people. And if you invest into God's people, guess where your heart is? It's with the people. Or you sponsor a kid in Africa, right, through the school, the Love Molly Project. Guess where your heart's going to be? You're going to be praying for people in Africa. Or you invest into a friend at school, and you're willing to buy them lunch every now and then. Or you buy them a pair of shoes or a jacket, or you bring them to an event or something. But you put some money into it. Our heart follows our money. That's the way it goes. Right or wrong, that's how it works. Our heart follows our money. And so wherever we put our money is where our heart will be. And God says, don't waste it on earthly things. Invest it into things that are eternal. And that's exactly where your heart will be. To walk in wisdom with our money means that we're going to start being more conscious of God and what he would have us do in his work. Be wise with our stuff. Be wise with our money. Be wise with our talents. Some of you guys are super smart. You're just smart. Like school is easy for you. And there's someone that's failing not because they're lazy. They just don't get how two plus two could actually equal four. It doesn't make sense to them. And so help them out. Show them your talent. Some of you guys are great at sports. Help people out. You're good at art. Help people out. You're good at music. Help people out. But use your talents for the Lord. Right? If you're learning to play guitar, people all the time learn to play the guitar by playing the most worldly songs ever. They're just like ripping some like, you know, satanic, like, isn't that awesome? You're like, dude, do you know what you're doing? I mean, it's, it's talented, very talented, but it doesn't glorify God like at all. If you're learning to play the guitar, learn to glorify God with it. Colossians 3.17, it says, and whatever you do in word, whatever you say, or in deed, your actions, whatever you do, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, meaning he would be proud of it, not ashamed. Not like, oh, man, there they are. Like, yeah, that's my girl. That's my boy. 
Whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Hebrews 13, verse 15 and 16, it says, Therefore by him, Jesus, let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God. That is worship. Let us worship God in song, with music. Let us out loud praise him. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. But don't you dare stop the expression of praise goes on. But do not forget to do good and to share. Use what God has given you to do what God's calling you to do. But do not forget to do good and share. For with such sacrifices, God is well pleased. What makes God more excited or proud or happy with his kids? Up here worshiping or out in the world serving? The answer is both. He loves it both. There's not just one thing we should be good at. We should be good at following Jesus. And here's a couple questions for you. Who does your money belong to? What do you think? God. Now, it's true, but is it true for your heart? Is the money in your pocket God's? It's in my pocket. I know. Because God gave it to you, and he wants to use you to bless people. Well, if someone's like comes to you, right, and they're like, hey, I'm hungry. Can you just, could you get me like a, a 79-cent burrito from Taco Bell? Well, that's your money in your pocket, and so you're like, nah, sorry, man, maybe next time, right? But God says, don't do that. Don't say come maybe tomorrow or the next week. Just help him out now. But if it's God's money and someone comes and says, hey, can you buy me something? Dude, not mine anyways. And so, I mean, I was really looking forward to a 39-cent cookie from Subway. But, yeah, you know what? Sure, no problem. I think God would be honored with that. Let's go get you a burrito from Taco Bell. Well, whatever. If the money's ours, we'll do what we want. If the money in our pocket isn't ours, we're just borrowing it from God, we'll do what God wants. Who does your stuff belong to? Uh, no, you can't use my phone. Let him make a phone call. They're trying to get home, right? Like, <laughs> Or whatever you have. Wise with your resources, guys. If you want to start following the Lord, you want to learn to take that baby step towards Jesus, and like, I'm going to start doing this thing. All right, I fear God. He's first. Everything else is last. Lord, what do I do? Be wise with what you have. I don't care if it's stuff. I don't care if it's money. I don't care if it's talents. Use it for the Lord. The second thing, be wise with your time, okay? Time is the one thing you can never make more of. You know that? You can make more money. You can build more buildings. You can meet more people and have more friends. When you get married, you can even have more kids. Like, it goes, you can buy more cars. You could buy more hobby stuff. You, could, you can always acquire more stuff other than time. It's the one thing that we're always spending and never getting more of. And when it's over, it's over. Be wise with your time. Talk about procrastination, right? Matthew 5, if you want to flip backwards just a hair. Matthew 5, 41 and 42. It says, and whoever compels you to go one mile, someone's like, hey, can you help me out? Just, just right down the road. Uh, for us, maybe it's like just one block down, or it's just right across the street, or it's at school, or whatever. Or maybe it's your mom. Can you help me get the groceries from 10 feet out the front door? Whoever compels you to go one mile, go with him too. Do more than they ask. Give to him who asks you, and from him he, who wants to borrow from you, don't turn it away. Your time. Well, let's just talk about distance. Doesn't it take a while to go a mile? Plus, if you go with someone a mile, doesn't it take you a mile to get home? Well, I don't have time for that. Well, if I go two miles, God says, hey, if they ask for a little bit of help, help them with a whole lot. It's like, hey, can you come just, uh, maybe it's the lady across the street, can you help me take my trash out? And you go over to take out the trash can and you see all these boxes next to it that she's probably been trying to get in the trash can for years and you're like, ah, oh. and God's like, help her. Hang out for 15 more minutes and put the rest of the stuff in the trash for her. Or whatever, someone asks you to hold the door open and you see stuff's wrecked inside their house. Like, hey, do you need help with that? Oh, I know, we're so busy. We, we had that video game we weren't finished with, huh? Or whatever else it was. Be wise with your time. Proverbs 6, flipping your Bibles. 
right to the middle. You've got to find Proverbs chapter 6, all right? If you find Psalms, it's massive. Psalms, Proverbs chapter 6. 6 is a wild chapter, man. There's some heavy things the Lord lays down in Proverbs chapter 6. Proverbs chapter 6, starting at verse 6, it says, Go to the ant, you sluggard, you lazy little person. All right? Go to the ant, you sluggard. Consider, think about her ways and become wise. Apparently, this is a lazy person he's talking to, right? Hey, sluggard, go look at the ants. You're going to gain some knowledge. Like, what could I learn from an ant? Well, apparently, a lazy person can learn a lot from ants. You guys ever have an ant farm, like a real one? You did? Was it cool? Always wanted to do that. You must be wise. You went to the ant, you sluggard. I mean, you ain't ex-sluggard, whatever. Go to the ant, you sluggard. Consider her ways and be wise, which having no captain, overseer, or ruler, meaning no one tells him what to do every minute of the day. There's a point in life in which you grow up, something has to tip. You should start doing your homework without being hounded to do your homework. Or you should get up without mom and dad being your alarm. Or you should come home after school without your parents saying come home after school. Or you, you get what I'm saying? You should clean your room before they scream and yell at you to clean your room. Or these little things are tremendous. And God says there's a point in time in which you've got to grow up. Don't wait to be told what to do. Because when you get older, you can have a job. And trust me, your boss isn't going to want to tell you what to do all of the time. Or your husband and your wife, you just serve each other. You don't hound each other which having no captain, overseer, or ruler provides her supplies in the summer and gathers her food in the harvest means they're not lazy. They just work, 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 work. How long will you slumber, you lazy sluggard? When will you rise from your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands? Five more minutes, <laughs> right? That's what he's saying. Oh, you just want a little more? You just want to wait? I just want to be a little more irresponsible for a little bit longer. He says, no, it is time now. Wise with your time. Use it to grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ, 2 Peter 3.18. Use it to be a blessing to those around you. How many of you guys wake up in the morning and you ask God, Lord, help me be a blessing to people today? Probably not too many of us. Start praying. When you wake up, Lord, fill me, help me to follow you. And Lord, I want to be a blessing to people today and not a burden. See what he does. What about mean people, right? Don't waste time. I'm waiting for them to be nice to me. Kill them with love. It's so hard to be mean to someone who's super nice to you. Do you know that? It is so hard to be mean to someone who is super nice to you. Let's say there's a guy, you know how you give people flat, what, I don't know, whatever it's called. You kick their foot and it's like, Ugh, right? We all do it to somebody every now and then. If not, you should try it. It's a ton of fun. But maybe there's someone, it's, it's fun to do to people, but it's never fun when people do it to you. And so there's some guy at school that's always messing with you, right? They shoot, tie your shoelaces together, or they hide your books and your backpack, uh, or they squish your lunch, or they kind of try and trip you up. Start holding the door open for them. What? Buy them lunch or a cookie. Hey, dude, praying for you, man. What? I guarantee, I guarantee God says you flood that person's life with blessings and kindness and love, they will become a blessing to the people around them. The hardest heart God can make soft, I promise. But it's not waiting for them to change. What about them? They're not nice. They're not courteous. They're not polite. It isn't about how people are in our lives. It's about who Jesus is. Remember, we fear God. The time breakdown. You guys are crazy busy. You can throw this up here, a bunch of numbers. If you, have a, you wake up in the morning, it takes you an hour to eat breakfast, get dressed, and all that stuff. Some of you guys do it in like five minutes. Boom, it's over. But let's say you have an hour, right, in the morning to do whatever you want. You brush your teeth, you watch TV, you finish your schoolwork. Let's say with driving time, you spend eight hours at school. Okay, most of you guys don't spend eight hours at school, but with driving and everything, eight hours at school. Everyone probably has two hours of homework to do. I'm not asking if you do it for two hours or not. Let's just say you're all good students. and You actually sit down for two hours and do homework. Uh, you, you have to do chores every day, which most of you probably don't, and it's for an hour. And then you sleep for eight hours a night, which most people probably don't do. You know, in every five-day week, that leaves you 20 hours a week free time to do whatever you want with. After school and homework and getting ready in the morning and coming home and doing chores and homework and all of that stuff, 20, that doesn't include Saturday and Sunday. You're almost at like 30-something hours 
if you take away church and all of this other stuff you do. It's crazy. The time that we have, God says, redeem it. Redeem the time. No more wasting it. Redeem your resources. Redeem your time. Be wise with your relationships. Oh, boy. We're going to run through these. You guys good? All right. Boom. Wise with your relationships. Mom and dad. Okay? Mom and dad. You got your parents, your friends, your interests. You got mom and dad. All right? Um, Took that picture the other day. Just kidding. Aw. Right? They like each other. That's kind of cool. What? I don't know. I saw that. Maybe he's the leader of his home. I don't know. I didn't draw that. Burger King. He likes Burger King. That's why. Um, dude, they used to give out crowns. Do they still do that at Burger King? Dude, next time you go to Burger King, bring me back a crown. I want a crown. No one eats at Burger King? All right. Look, mom and dad. Mom and dad. If you want to walk in wisdom, guys, we got to be wise with our time, wise with the stuff we have, whether it's stuff, money, whether it's talents, be wise with it. Use it for God's glory, right? With time, with resources, with relationships. Mom and dad, you need to be wise with how you treat them, okay? What if I told you, gentlemen, how you treat your mom is probably how you'll end up treating your wife one day? What? Uh, I, I may have told him that. Do you know it's true? What if, now, let me ask you this. If a girl and ladies, you better listen up, all right? If oh, you better listen up. When you're like 30 and start dating, all right? And you meet a guy that's rude or inconsiderate or short with his mom, run away. Okay? Well, his mom's kind of mean. You'll probably be mean a little bit to him sometimes, but he has no right to treat you that way. How he treats his mom, regardless of how she is, even if she's mean, he should treat her mom. I can't, I can't deal with this right now. I'm really sorry. Not, whatever, that's dumb and stupid. Oh, I've watched grown people treat their mom like that. I don't care how the mom is. How do they treat the mom, right? Gentlemen. How you treat your parents now will determine how you treat your spouse later. But ladies, same thing. How you treat your dad and view your dad now. I, I, I can get my dad to do whatever I want. Think he's tired of it yet? Your husband will be. Gentlemen, you see a girl that plays her parents and manipulates and never gives up. I don't care how pretty she is or how much she flatters you with her eyelashes. Run away. Ladies, you are determining what kind of wife and mom you'll be now. Isn't that crazy? You won't determine it on your wedding day. It's sealed on your wedding day. You determine now what you want to be like. But mom and dad, isn't that crazy? Mom and dad, man, God uses them to prepare us for the rest of our lives. Uh, Ephesians 6, 1 and 2, it's quoting uh, one of the Ten Commandments from the book of Exodus. It says, children, obey your parents in the Lord. But it's right. It's the right thing to do. Why should I honor my mom and dad? It's the right thing to do. And here's the commandment. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment. There's promise to it. What if my dad's a bum and my mom is mean all the time? Live in a way that honors them. Why? God says, if you do it, just do it. I will bless you. Well, they're never going to change. That's, there's so much more going on. So much more. God says, honor them for me. Do it for me. But, but they're not going to change. That, that, okay, fine. Listen to your dad. But he's mean. I know, I know, I know, I know. Don't do it for him. Do it. He doesn't deserve my respect. I didn't ask. I know, I know. Do it for me, the Lord says. Honor your father and mother. And I promise that I will bless you. God does not fall short on his promises. And we think that honor our father and mother just means obey them. But isn't it funny he gave that commandment to adults? What? He gave that, the Ten Commandments to predominantly adults. It means that your life is to be lived that brings honor to your family name. When you're 30 years old and you live your life and someone's like, oh, I know your son. 
I know your son. He's awesome. How proud that parent would be. But if you get older and you're like, oh, that's your son? Oh, man, he is, I'll be praying for you, right? (laughs) When God says honor your father and mother, it doesn't just mean be nice or obedient to them in the moment of the household to play the hypocrite, right? We can all know how to be nice at home, but then you go out and do what you want in public. God says, no, 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 honor them. Whether you're at home or you're in the city square, Starbucks, in and out, you're running around playing soccer or baseball, you live your life in a way that brings honor to your family. It's, wild. it's way beyond just obedience. It says honor them. It's your mom and dad. What about your friends? You guys all got at least one. Some of you guys got a whole lot more than that. Friends, right? There you go. Boom, friends. You guys know about David and Jonathan in the Bible? This incredible friendship that's beyond what a brother could be. And it's amazing. The Old Testament tells us that there are friends who will be closer than your own brother. Isn't that wild? It's crazy. How do you guys know, like, yeah, I've had a friend that is like, there may as well be as good as family to me. Yeah, we all. You do or you will have. That's not a bad thing. That's not a bad thing. The Bible says there are friends who stick closer than a brother. That's awesome. But that only brings more importance upon who in the world your friends are. If they're going to be that close, and that is a beautiful thing. And it's amazing that God sets us up like that, to have relationships with that kind of a meaning. But you better be very, if they have that much importance and say and influence in our lives, we should know who they are and who we're picking. 1 Corinthians 15, 33 it says, don't be deceived. Evil company corrupts good habits. It's that simple. You can't throw a dog in the water without it getting wet, right? You can't. Throw your phone in the dishwasher tonight and turn it on. Right? It'll be fine. You're insane. It's going to get messed up. Every time? Every time. Are you sure? What about the hundredth time? The hundredth time. Every time. We all know that. It sounds ridiculous. Well, every time you take a great person and put them in the middle of a bad crowd, they will get messed up. That's, it's, it's the way it is. 1 Corinthians 5.11 says that if you have a Christian friend, this is not talking about the world, if you have a Christian friend who is living in big, big sin, says you shouldn't even hang out with them, don't go to McDonald's with them, don't talk to them, cut them off. Because it will guard you and it will cause them to want to return to the Lord. It's a believer that's who's walking in big, big sin. It says cut it off. That's hard. Yes, it is. But you don't pat them on the back in their sin and encourage it. You let them know it's wrong. Proverbs 26, or 27 verse 6 says that if you're a real friend, faithful are the wounds of a friend. Hey, you're messing up. You go at them. Or you have friends that will come to you and say, hey, you're messing up. Takes both. Iron sharpens iron. Both have to be hard. Goes on, Galatians 6, 1, brethren, If a man, if someone is overtaken in any trespass, if sin gets the best of them, they get caught up in it. You who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. If you have a friend one day that gets sucked into sin, the party crowd or drugs or alcohol, or they get into some abusive relationship with some guy ladies uh, or some girls just messing with his head, good gentlemen, says, first of all, in order for you to restore someone, you have to be spiritual. Why? You can't save someone from drowning if you yourself are drowning. You've got to be standing on the dock. It says, if you are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness. You don't come along and be like, hey, idiot, stop sinning. I don't even know if you're saved. You're probably going to hell, man. What's wrong with you? That's not how you restore a friend to fellowship. You can be straightforward. Right, right, Jake, if you start messing up one day, I'm like, dude, you idiot, what's wrong with you? Versus like, hey, Jake, dude, 
you're being an idiot, man. Like, I love you, but what's wrong with you? Like, almost the same word. No, Jake's fine. I'm assuming you're doing fine. That's okay. <laughs> if you're not, let's talk later. But um, do you understand the difference? But you've got to be spirit. You restore a friend. You be wise with your friendships. You be that influence. And you make sure people around you are the influence you will need one day. You guys know about Job in the Bible? Goes through the craziest trials I think any of us could ever hear of. Loses everything. And his friends come and they're like, Job, your life's messed up because you're a sinner. Job's like, uh, what? You know, they gave him wrong counsel. They told him the wrong things. Be very careful what kind of friends you allow to influence you. You have David and Jonathan, incredible influences. Job's friends, they were off. God is still God. Your friends are not. One day, in a galaxy far, far away, there will be some kind of interesting person that catches your eye, right? He'll be kind of handsome. She'll be kind of cute. And so you'll feel like this. <laughs> yeah. Wish I could take credit for that one, but not I. Someday you're going to meet someone who catches your eye, right? You're aware of that, yeah? Okay. What? to give you nightmares, then it'll burn it into your brain, okay? Don't forget this stuff. Song of Solomon, okay? It's a book of the Bible, Song of Solomon, chapter 2, chapter 3, and chapter 4. Guys, listen up. God repeats himself three chapters in a row. He says it once, and then again twice, and then again a third time. Do not stir up nor awaken love until it pleases or until it's the right time. Don't go there. It's like trying to wake up a sleeping bear, right? That is dumb. And you're going to have all these feelings one day and be like, oh, but she's so cute or he's so nice to me or whatever. Don't stir it up. Don't try and wake it up until it's the right time. But it's the right time. I'm 13 now. <laughs> this is this simple. If you can't get married soon, it's not the right time. That's it. By the way, no missionary dating someday, right? Like when you're 30 years old and you meet that guy, ladies. He's not a Christian, but he's so nice, and I'll just share Jesus with him, and then he'll get saved when we get married. What? That's like, I'm going to go play in the snake pit. <laughs> Woo! Like, look, they're biting me! Like, what is wrong with you? You're out of your mind! Oh, gosh. Second Corinthians 6.14, God says, don't do it. You don't do it. You don't go there. I don't care how nice they are. God's not saying unbelievers are mean. Not what he's saying. Okay? There's plenty of nice non-Christians who are going to hell, and they're really nice. He doesn't care about their character. It's their faith and their walk. Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. You don't lock arms or lives together with people who are headed in the wrong direction. But they're nice. I'm sure they are. He's really uh, courteous and he opens the door. I'm sure he does. That's not the point. You're trying to go towards the Lord and at best, they're not. can't go living a life with someone in two different directions. In 1 Corinthians 6, flip your Bibles, you need to find this one. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, we're almost, almost to the last point here. Be wise with your resources, 
Guys, use your stuff for God. It's God's stuff. It's God's phone. It's God's skateboard. It's God's baseball bat. It's his mitt. It's his video games. Let your friends play. Don't ask them to watch you play. Wise with your time. Don't burn it up. Use it for the Lord. Wise with your relationships. Honor mom and dad outside the home. Make sure the people around you, your friends, they're not, I don't care how nice they are. Are they going to encourage you towards the Lord? And one day, far, far away, when there's that cute guy or that beautiful lady, remember you don't own yourself. You don't. If you are a believer tonight, if you're like, I'm a Christian, I am following Jesus, I'm going to fear God, and I'm going to walk in wisdom. If Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, your body is his. Do you know that? You don't have the right to hurt yourself. You don't have the right to intoxicate yourself. You don't have the right to abuse people around you. It's not your body. It's God's body. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, starting at verse 18. Flee or run away from sexual immorality, sexual impurity. Every sin that a man does is outside the body, but he who commits sexual immorality sins against his own body. Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own? It's my body. I'll do what I want. No, it's not. No, it's not. And you are not your own. Verse 20, for you are bought at a price. Therefore, you know what that price was, right? The life of Jesus. You were bought at a price. He owns you. You are not your own anymore. For you were bought at a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. If we can see our money as God's money and our time as God's time and our resources as God's resources, we've got to see our body as God's body. Even if I remember, I used to, oh man. In high school, I was so angry, it turned inside. I remember hating myself so much, I used to beat myself up. Weird, huh? Oh, yeah. You could never understand. Crazy. And it happens still today in far drastic terms, and it's much more common. But tonight, if you're a believer, how much easier to know, even if you wanted to? I can't. It's not mine. It's not mine. Or if there's that guy or that girl, right? Someone's like, oh, hey, go kiss her. Even if you want to, you can't. These are Jesus' lips. That'd be weird. <laughs> Jesus doesn't go making out with people. And these are Jesus' eyes. So even if I want to look at something, I can't. I, I, don't, I can't. I want to. I can't. I can't go there. I, it's his. Do you understand? It's his. Honor God with your relationships. Honor God with your body. The last one is honor God with your decisions. With your decisions. Jesus tells us, wise is the person who builds his life upon the rock, his word, his will, his wisdom. But foolish are we to build our house upon the sand, the shifting popularity and save the culture. You guys ever stack rocks? <laughs> You're like, what? Most, most, yeah, that's right. All the men are like, yeah, I'll stack rocks. Ooh. Right? Yeah, summer camp. What, what, what's the point? You just start stacking random rocks. You can get a cool thing going, but eventually it's going to get off-centered and kind of tumble over, right? You start stacking bricks. You can make things like the Empire State Building. You can make bridges. You can make all kinds of cool stuff. When we make decisions of our own accord, it's like stacking rocks. Oh, I just want some of this and some of that. And when you start, it doesn't matter, right? Today, you're like, I'm just a kid. You're laying the foundation. Because when you're 30, you're going to have a pile of 30 years worth of rocks falling over. And you're going to try and climb up it. It just falls down. But if every decision you make is for the Lord, nope, this is God's body. This is God's money. This is God's relationship. That's my friend. I have to do this. Or that's a godly person, I have to listen to them. And 
you begin to stack these decisions in your lives, when you turn 30 or 40 or 50, you will have a life that is steadfast and immovable in Jesus Christ. Wise with your decisions. Galatians 6, verse 7 through 9. This is the last verse, and we're going to worship for a little bit, all right? It says, do not be deceived. Don't be tricked. Don't be tricked. God is not mocked. You'll never be like, ha, ha, God, I proved you wrong. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, whatever you put in your life, that is what you will reap. You're just going to get more of it. You have a bad temper now? Give it five years, see what happens. You think it's bad now. You can't control lying now? You give it five more years, see what happens. For he who sows to his flesh will of his flesh reap corruption. A pile of pebbles. But he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. And I'll be honest with you, living for the Lord and walking in His will and His wisdom, it's not always easy, right? It's hard sometimes. Do the right thing. The next verse says, and do not, or let us not grow weary while doing good. Why does it say that? Because we'll grow weary while doing good. <laughs> God's saying, come on, keep going. Don't, don't give up yet. Take a deep breath, drink some water, keep going. For in due season, we shall reap a harvest if we do not lose heart. Deuteronomy 30, I'll just quote it for you guys. God basically tells us tonight even. It says, before you I have put life and I have put death. Choose life that you may live. To walk in wisdom. It starts off by fearing God. He's first and everyone else is last. That you do what you do because God says so and that's enough for you. That's what it means to fear God. But to walk in wisdom, that first step you take, be wise with your resources, be wise with your time, be wise with your friends, your relationships. Don't get tangled up in some weird romance thing. Don't get used to just excusing how you treat your parents. Take it for real. And your decisions, you make them right. You be wise with your decisions. And you'll be walking with the Lord for the rest of your life. It'll be amazing. All right, let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for the grace in our lives and your mercy and your goodness. And tonight, Lord, we ask for help. These things we cannot do on our own. It's impossible. But by your Spirit, we'll know what's right. God, by your Spirit, we'll have the strength to stand against the temptations and the push and the pull of the world. And so, Father, tonight we want more of you. If there's things we need to change and adjust, God, help us. Please help us, Father. But we lay down our lives. And even now in worship, Lord, we worship you now in song because we will serve you with the rising of the sun tomorrow. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So we're going to worship for a little bit, guys.